Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. On today's episode, we discuss unexplained and highly unusual disappearances that occur all too often in our national parks. We'll also discuss David Politis and this documentary, Missing 411. We'll take a look at several specific disappearances, some that have occurred as recently as 2015. What happens to these people? Why is there virtually no trace of their disappearance? And if these disappearances were as simple as an animal attack or an accidental drowning, why were the FBI, the Green Berets, and even the U.S. Special Forces unit all brought in to investigate and still managed to find nothing? There's some real weird shit happening out there. The lesson in all this? Never go camping. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you love the great outdoors, stick around. We're pitching a tent over this episode. This is Necronomapod. You know, it's not a revelation to say that people get lost out in the wilderness or in forest areas. We're talking about a different kind of mystery, though. Disappearances that are not caused by predator attacks or criminals hiding out there in the woods or just bad luck. A former cop has put together hundreds of case files regarding clusters of missing persons in national parks where the circumstances are flat out strange. But don't expect any answers from the Park Service. The people who vanish often do so right under the noses of others. In many cases of kids, their parents' noses. The missing defy logic. They hike uphill, for instance, often steep climbs. Children as young as two or three are found a day or two later, many miles away. I feel like I might have given it the best grade out of all of us, and I would probably give it a D plus, maybe. Yeah, no, it was F minus on the dominoes. <laughs> yeah. It's garbage. So we tried it like we promised. The fans requested we try it again. Yeah. After Dave buried their company a few weeks ago, talking about how they're the drizzling shits. Well, we can confirm they're kind of the drizzling shits. Worst pizza in America. That not was good. that was not great. I think a D plus at best. And I was pretty hungry when I ate it. I was not hungry. The crust was all right. It had like a seasoning on it that was pretty, pretty tasty it has no taste the rest of the pizza had no taste it's like eating cardboard we Mm -hmm. did that uh they've been offering that special we're gonna get fucking sued by domino's pizza (laughs) they had that special uh it's 7.99 for a large three topping carryout so well we get pepperoni mushroom sausage 7.99 not bad it was worth about dollar 99 if that yeah. yeah. Should have lit your money on fire. It just wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't, it was very, it, that's the best way to describe it, Dave, is tasteless. Tasteless. Yeah. Except for the crust. The crust at the, like the back end of it was, was all right. Eh. Sauce is bad. Toppings are bad. It's just, it's not bad. that they were bad. They were tasteless. Well, that's bad. Like it didn't taste bad though. Like I wasn't grossed out by it. It just felt like I was eating nothing. Just chunks yeah, of food in exactly. my mouth. Yeah. You're quiet. Little, on this C- one, Little Caesars would be way better. Little Caesars, they're fresh and ready. Their $5 fresh and ready's were better than this. Yeah. But we gave it a shot, like we promised. They, because Dave hadn't had them in a while, and they had alleged that they rebranded themselves and made themselves better. We even had a listener tell us, no, Dave was wrong. Domino's is, 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 
Great. We did the test. F for fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was uh, not great. So, all right, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) It's our new food review podcast. That's what we're going to do. Every week we're we're going to do uh, chicken nuggets from McDonald's next week. No, dude, August 19th, the spicy nuggets are back at Wendy's, (laughs) and I am excited. Those are good. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, those are good. Have you had those? No, I don't go to Wendy's. Why? I don't like it. Nothing from there? Like even like the spicy chicken sandwich, which is like pretty bomb? I like a frosty. Those are good too. When they have like 50 cent frosty day, that's when you're going? Yeah, absolutely. Give me 19 frosties (laughs) and nothing else. (laughs) They're like, well, that'll be... What the fuck's Mac? Nothing beats a Big Mac. That's all I'm saying. Either the Big Mac or the triple from Wendy's. And there were people agreeing with me the Big Mac is too much bread. Well, they were wrong. The quarter pounder with cheese is better. And you, motherfucker, got me hooked on those Wendy's triples. That is a straight clogged artery Mm -hmm. just to the face. Those things are, first of all, fucking delicious. Second of all, the messiest burger I've ever had in my life. Third of all, you feel greasy when you're done eating it. Yeah. Like you need to You're bathe. You're really selling it. You need to bathe and then sleep for about four hours. Get that and a large cherry Coke. That's what I get. Yeah. Though. Have you had the Wendy's triple? No. This is entirely too much fast food talk. I don't People really are like, like off, that. done with this. 2,000 calories in one go. I, no, no. no Dave, I you got to try it once. You got to try it once. The I problem- did have three sushi rolls for dinner though. <laughs> so. That's the way to go though. All right. Well, that's enough food talk for, uh, this episode. Some of these people we're about to talk about probably wish they had some food and all this time they were missing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I'm sure Great segue. I'm <laughs> sure they're hungry. Did you remember oh, when Michael Scott put himself out in the wilderness? I do remember. He was that. lost for like an hour. He cut off the, he cut up the suit, yeah. suit and then put him back on. <laughs> so yeah, that was a mistake. Dwight watches him the whole time. He tries to club him over the head on the drive there. <laughs> We need to make every episode somehow relate back to the office. I think we've done that thus far. So what do we got today, Ian? So tonight we're going to go into the phenomenon of people that go missing in national parks, commonly known as Missing 411 from the the documentary that came out a couple years ago. I thought it was like the information operator wasn't there when you called for a (laughs) phone number or something. Yeah, where does the 411 come from? I'm not sure. Just like a, a name for info? Maybe. I guess. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah, because doesn't 411 mean information? Yeah. Like, let me give you the 411. Yeah. And then this is missing right. 411, so missing information. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. That makes sense. Putting out fires all over the place today, boys. <laughs> so. <laughs> Couldn't pick up a good fucking pizza, though, could you? <laughs> uh, each year, uh, hundreds of people go missing in national parks, and uh, most investigations are eventually solved through causes that you would expect like foul play and animal attack drowning or suicide but there's this underlying phenomenon of cases where people just seem to vanish into thin air coupled with strange aspects to the searches or how a person is found whether it be dead or alive and i I had never heard about this but it is very strange yeah there are some very strange things going on in our parks and we should actually say off the top we've had multiple recommendations for this right including our friend ed from pod van dam um he was one of the first and then someone else recently um Um, recommended it kelsey 
yeah, Kelsey from Instagram. So shout yeah. out to both of you. Um, yeah, they they were excited about uh, us possibly getting into this one. So and and it's, it's creepy. This was on the list originally, but I didn't think it, there would be enough here to really put together a, a long episode. But it's well, when we it's start going crazy. through the individual yeah. missing people, it's yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm normally suspicious of you know these types of stories, but there seems to be something here. It's it's something very unexplained yeah. and very strange so uh, a guy named david politis brought this whole thing to the forefront and he wrote eight books on the subject and he's done multiple radio and podcast interviews in 1977 david began a 20-year career in law enforcement and in 1980 he transferred from san francisco to san to the san jose police department and there he worked on the SWAT team, patrol, the street crimes unit, and was ass- and assisted in multiple assignments in the detective division. So he's a serious guy. He's not some fucking yahoo off the street. Right. Well, this is this coming up here. This puts. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Dave. <laughs> Just throws a little wrench. It's my initial into, observation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I heard that he was involved in this fiasco, I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Yeah. So, in all fairness, we need to talk about David's, his involvement in the Bigfoot community. Before the Missing 411 book series, he published two books on Bigfoot, which there's nothing wrong with that. And then he started the North American, or the North America Bigfoot Search Group. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you can hunt Bigfoot. It doesn't crush your credibility. Is this way before he started looking into the missing people? It's like did it tie together? Do you think Bigfoot was abducting these missing people, or see, is there that, not really a tie? That's what people claim on the internet, but he's never given a reason of what he thinks is happening in the the missing four hundred one stuff. He doesn't come to any conclusions. And if you look online, there's a lot of stuff like claiming that he says all this different shit. He doesn't. It's like a big. He's just uh, giving you the information, right? Yep. It almost seems like a big disinfo thing going against us. Okay. Some of it, because some of the stuff on Reddit is just it's like bots saying the same shit over yeah. and over again about Still him. It's up weird. Glass here for this now. <laughs> he would Maybe. be a. He'd be debunking this shit. Yeah. Long time uh, protagonist of the show, Philip Glass. <laughs> so we're, we'll get into this whole this whole thing more in depth on a, on a future or future uh, Bigfoot episode. But in 2013, um, the North America Bigfoot Search Group attached itself to a Dr. Melba Ketchum regarding a quote scientific paper on Bigfoot. The initial statement regarding the paper was quote. The world needs to understand that North America Bigfoot Search was the organizer of this of the study. We orchestrated the search that led to picking Dr. Ketchum to conduct the study of Bigfoot DNA. So scientific paper is in quotes. What was in this quote scientific it paper was just on Bigfoot? Absolute nonsense. It okay. took years for it to actually come out. There were excuses beyond excuses that this doctor gave and then it when it finally came out it was just jumbled nonsense hmm. and actual doctors and stuff read it over and they're like yeah this makes no sense at all so this is a little hiccup which whatever it shit happens i don't think him being involved or believing in bigfoot discredits him at all you know i mean it's two different things right i agree but 
when I saw this, I'm like, oh, this is like this whole thing. Well, like I said, we'll get into it a lot more in Bigfoot, but it was an absolute shit show. And so it shits on his credibility, but you know, but maybe it doesn't discredit him. No, I don't think so. But it's worth bringing up because sure. it is something that people point towards. What was this Doctor Ketchum a doctor of? I don't know. Thugonomics. A pokey, pokey, <laughs> Pokemonology. Doctor got to catch him. Catch him. What is it? Got to catch him all. Yeah. <laughs> Ash Ketchum. Is that a Pokemon joke? It's the main character from the original Pokemon. <laughs> got to catch them all. Stupid me. <laughs> so, but he's distanced himself from this group. But like I said, it's worth noting that that he had involvement with them before doing this book series. Is the North America Bigfoot search group still in existence? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's not involved with it. No, he distanced. After this whole after thing, okay. he distanced himself from it. David started this whole national park investigation when he was approached by two park rangers who told him about strange missing persons cases from previous parks that they had worked in. So these two guys worked at separate parks, came together working at this park at the same park, kind of talked about things that they had experienced at other jobs and they started taking notes on what they were saying to each other. I'm like, this is really strange. So they approached David and they mainly had two concerns that when someone goes missing, after about seven to 10 days, the search effort by the parks just ends and is basically forgotten about. And they also saw that many of these people had gone missing in areas that they shouldn't have, like highly populated areas or with other people who just seemed to turn around, look away for a second, and then the person is just gone. Like vanished in a thin air. Right. So I watched this Missing 411 documentary that's based on this guy's books. Is it currently available on Netflix? It is available on... Or on the YouTube? Shit, where did I watch it? I was on Hulu. I watched it on Hulu. Okay. And they're right. Some of these disappearances in the national parks, like the local county has search and rescue operations that have offered to help, and they don't want anyone's help. They won't allow them right. to assist. They're very secretive. They want to do everything themselves. They won't allow the outside help. It's very strange. Yeah. The reaction to this stuff is yes. very weird. So David initially started with Yosemite National Park and he filed a Freedom of Information request for a list of all the missing people from the National Park Police. Because what he was saying when I was listening to him is that it's a federally funded police organization and trained. So he was saying that this is a huge police force that they have. You know, they have like the best of the best training. So he filed a Freedom of Information request with them. And in about six weeks, David received a phone call from an attorney for the National Park Services who asked why he wanted the information. And the government can't use why you want the information as a determining factor. So when David said that, the attorney was like, no, you'll we just we're just curious. You'll get the information. We're just curious as to why you want it. So David said he just wanted it for um, the list for research purposes and the attorney came back with that they don't keep a list of missing people oh why do you want it but we don't have it right <laughs> but what's weird is if you go to the national park services website they have all kind of lists of stuff they have everything right yes animal site dangerous animal sure. sightings and then they even have the movies that were filmed at the parks like what movies that all were kinds filmed. of stuff yeah Um, There's an exemption in the Freedom of Information Act where um, if you're a published author, you can bypass a denial to a certain degree. It doesn't mean that things won't be redacted, but you can use that exemption to to still get the information. 
So David chose to use this, and the National Park Services came back with that they looked into his books, and he wasn't in enough libraries to qualify. (laughs) Why do you want this? We don't have it. Well, you're not publishing enough, so you don't get this list. Right, so you're not getting it. It's interesting. You know this list that we don't have. Right. (laughs) Well, and there isn't anything in the Freedom of Information Act that says that you have to have your books in a certain amount of libraries. So when they how do you even how would you even have that information? You can't make a list because the library yeah because the libraries keep a list of all the books. Yeah, we don't have this list for you, but we have a list of all the libraries that that carry your works. Right. Oh, but also we're denying you, but we don't have this list. Yeah. But you're still denied. Well, he he told them that, and they said that yeah they knew, but it was just guidelines that they use in the national park services, like they're outside of the rest of the government. We have a policy. Yeah. So in, in the in the missing four hundred one documentary, they interviewed Ken Salazar, who was the Department of the Interior secretary under President Obama, which is over the National Park Service, and he was right. a little shifty in his responses to whether they maintain such a list. Yeah, he didn't want to give a he did not give a straight answer. No, because they ask him, which adds to the weirdness. Like, why would you not want to have a list? This is a very what straightforward is, thing. Yes. What yeah. is the problem with having a list of yeah, here's who went missing? It's not like there are people going to blame you. Like you're not at right. fault. May, uh, maybe not. But why? Why are you hiding this list when you're hiding it? Now you're now we're we're getting suspect to what you're doing. Yeah, his responses are very strange. Yeah, he won't. He won't answer. Mm-mm. He kept saying, I don't recall, yeah. stuff like that, just acting like yeah. he didn't know what they were talking about. I mean, like we were saying earlier, is this a, an instance of the park not wanting to lose revenue over people being frightened to go there? Is that one aspect of this? I think we talked about that off air. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were referring to <laughs> Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry. That's the only, lo- that, as we get into this too, that's kind of the only logical thing that I could think of that would yeah. not have anything nefarious behind it, really. But, um, then David asked them what it would cost to for, have them make a list of missing people from just Yosemite National Park, and then also what it would cost for all the parks. He was told that a list from Yosemite would cost $34,000, and for the whole U.S., it would cost $1.4 million, which is ridiculous. It What's the make line sense. item charges on $1.4 million? He said that they just didn't... They, well, what did he say? That they... um. They calculated it at $65 an hour, and that's the number that they came up with. Well, to get to $1.4 million, <laughs> let's see. An let's... hour for what? Putting the names together? Yeah. There are people shooting off fireworks uh, outside of our studio, so if you hear some banging in the background, it's... Uh, it's, it's not that. groupies getting it's taken not... care of. <laughs> I was actually going to say, it's not oh. Dave and Olivia Wilde. <laughs> There is uh, fireworks. This is the uh, perks of uh, recording on 4th of July week. God bless America. I know he came back to them, too, and said that like he'd be more than happy to, to buy a nice laptop and buy Excel for him and find, <laughs> right. an in- find an intern to do all this stuff for free. You know, it's just a really weird excuse. But this is even this quote is mind blowing. He just flat out questioned the logic behind not keeping a list. He was told, quote, we rely on the institutional memory of our employees to help us on missing people and to understand the magnitude of it at different parks. So you just rely on memory. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that guy went missing about 15 <laughs> years ago up in these parts. <laughs> guy had a fake leg, if I recall. 
It just doesn't make any sense. So the Department of Justice keeps a database called the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, but there's only 10 states that are required by law to enter missing people into that system. And then after the uh, the 9-11 attacks, the Department of Interior tried to build its own database to track law enforcement actions across lands that were managed by the National Park Service, the Bureau of Land Management, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Um, in 2016, only 14% of several hundred reportable incidents were entered into it. That's not great. No, no one, none of these. No one's using it. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw when I was looking into that, that U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services just flat out said, we're not going to use it. Hmm. They just said, fuck it. We're not using it. Okay. (laughs) I guess that's That's how how it works. That's how they say that. But if they fall under the Department of Interior, can't the secretary just order them to to do it? You would think. Interesting. Dave, you're being too rational. (laughs) Um, so David basically just spammed them with hundreds of free of Freedom of Information Act requests uh, into specific people. Much like Andy Dufresne did the uh, Department of Justice when he was trying to get books for uh, exactly. Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote multiple letters a day. Yeah, that's basically what, what this guy did. Here's your books. Don't contact us again. <laughs> so we contacted them more. <laughs> Film that in uh, Mansfield Reformatory just down the road from us. Yep. True story. Have you ever been there? I was there, yeah. Um, once in college, we went because they they did like a like a haunted house type. Yeah, gimmick. right. But I would love to actually go tour the place. We yeah. didn't get to do that. Yeah. You can do those things where you stay the night there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I would do that. shit. Necronomapod live from Mansfield Reformatory. That'd be great. Ghost hunting. We can crawl yeah. through a hundred yards of shit and other foul things like Andy Dufresne to- and come out clean at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of having a Raquel Welch poster, we'll have a big Britney Spears poster. I don't know that that's true. Well, my cell will. I don't know what your cell is going to have. It's going to have Olivia Wilde Wilde. not winning the Oscar because she hasn't retweeted us. Well, and Ian's will have Betty Hill. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking wiener dog. Delzy. That Delzy. That's pretty good institutional memory, pulling that dog's name out. (laughs) Not bad. That dog's name is like scarred into my <laughs> my mind from reading all that shit and listening to all of it. But so with these these requests, some of um, some of them were accepted and others were denied with no explanation. And some of them that were accepted had a lot of redactions on them for. And it's weird because what are you going to redact about a missing persons case? Really, you know, there's just yeah. not. It just doesn't make sense. But so when going through thousands of cases that he's pulled over the years, David only focuses on ones that are completely unexplained. So if there's any sign of drowning, animal attack, foul play, or the possibility of suicide, he just completely avoids them. And after meticulously researching about 2,000 unexplained cases, David noticed odd similarities, patterns, and some details that just seem to defy, defy logic. So that's 2,000 people gone right. missing. Yeah. And what is that time frame? Are all, we- all the way back from, I, he has some cases from like the 1930s. To present day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was one in the documentary in the 30s. And, yeah. so and this documentary came out two years ago. So we're looking at 2017. So he's going up until like about modern day with these. 2,000 cases. Yeah. 
2,000 cases like we're about to talk about because we're going to go through some specific examples. Right. 2,000 cases like that. And he's written eight books, I believe, on it. Yeah. There's yeah. eight separate books that they kind of did, you know, compressed into the documentary. Right. A sequel just came out to the documentary, too, or it's supposed to come out. Okay. They, they, didn't, they didn't want to Harry Potter that shit. Eight books, eight different movies. <laughs> no. Seven books, eight Excuse movies. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, the last one. You with one your was fucking Pikachu and you with your Harry Potter. <laughs> The new, the new documentary focuses on hunters, cases of hmm. hunt, like people that were armed that would really know those areas and stuff yeah. that just vanish. I don't know if it's out yet or not. So we have roughly 2,000 people have vanished from national parks or, you know, close proximity to national parks. Right. Under very unusual circumstances. Yeah. And, and that's in the span of like, what, 90 years, 80 years? Yeah. Yeah. And some and of these are quite bizarre. And that's all that he's... I mean, there's probably more, but he hasn't been given... This is just for... That's just what he found. Right, just what he's found researching. So let's run through some of these patterns that he's found. Search dogs behave strangely. Oftentimes the dogs cannot pick up a scent or they just sim- they just flat out refuse to. And then in some cases they begin, they begin tracking and then uh, lay down and stop searching like the person just vanished at that spot. Like in the middle of the, the tracking, just lay down. Right, like, and that's oh. it. I took you here, fuckers. This is it. <laughs> or like they won't go to a specific area. Right. They're afraid to enter. Or well, is that was point. that what they were hinting at too? I just assumed they they just lost lost ascent. Well, there are some where they're like they're afraid to yeah. to go any further. Wow. It's weird. The body is found in an area that has been searched before. So in many cases, a missing person appears in a location that's been thoroughly searched by like dozens of times. And in some cases, the person's body just shows up on a main, a main trail that's used daily by yeah. people. It's just all of a sudden. Oh, look, we found it here. Yeah. It's just not plausible that that, that person would just end up there. Right. I know there's one case of that someone's a kid's body just ended up on a like a tree trunk. Hmm. But they had walked through there all the time. And then all of a sudden, this kid's just laying on this tree trunk yeah. weeks or yeah, weeks or months later. It's weird. That's terrible. Uh, traveling uphill instead of downhill. The missing person is oftentimes found at high elevations like mountain peaks. Frequently, the person will travel large number of miles through treacherous terrain in a period of time that's more than likely impossible. So these are like cases with little kids that just end up hundreds of miles away and there's like no explanation of how... First of all, and how quick they could get there. Second, terrain that they shouldn't be able to cover as kids. Right. So that's an, one of the really interesting ones on the documentary. This kid, it was in the 30s, and I forget exactly where it was, somewhere out west. But he was three years old, and he went missing, and he ended up, they actually found this kid. So he lived, and they mm. found him a couple, like, was it like a day later? But he had traveled like eight, eight miles in like 19 hours up this treacherous, like, hill through this terrain, like you said. That it's just not possible that a three-year-old could have done this. Right. And he has no recollection of what happened. Yeah. It was just very strange. So they did a reenactment where, like, one of those Survivor Man guys traveled the same terrain, mm-hmm. like, at night and stuff. And he, he just, this guy couldn't do it with was all it, his was it gear. Bear, was it Bear Grylls? I don't remember who it was. <laughs> He's the Discovery Channel guy. Oh, all right. Yeah. I know that guy, the Discovery Channel guy, has talked with 
uh, maybe it was with David before on some things. And he's like, a lot of these cases, he was like, this is stuff that I would have trouble. That's exactly what the reenactment was. Like he couldn't even make this, this trip up this mountain. So how did this three year old do it? Right. Very strange. You never seen man versus wild. Yeah. I don't remember the guy's name. I know who you're talking about. I think they found out it was like gimmicked though. Like they were like sending him food and stuff like at night. Oh really? I think that's what I heard. They helicoptered him. He was staying at the Hilton. Yeah. So it was something like that. Like it wasn't <laughs> like he still knows what he's talking about, yeah. but it just wasn't as real as, sure. you know, Yeah. it shocked me when I found out reality TV wasn't reality. That blow your mind. <laughs> Blew my mind. <laughs> what did you find out when uh, Brittany, you found out Brittany couldn't sing? Well, that's still, I mean, I've not ever been proven that she can't. <laughs> She's the greatest selling female artist of all time, as stated by me. We looked it up before. No, we, we did not. Recording. We were looking up like best female artists at like the American Music Awards or some bullshit. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if Whitney Houston didn't die, she wouldn't even be in Britney's category. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right. That may be the most offensive thing that's ever been stated on this show. Nope. Nope. Don't mess with Sorry, the bull, you'll get the horns. So um, the missing person's clothes are found in almost perfect condition, even after being missing for years. In some cases, the clothes have been found like almost folded in a neat pile. And keep referencing the documentary because that's what a lot of this goes on. Mm-hmm. The Jared Adetero kid, yeah, his exactly. shoes after four years, his shoes looked like they they were sparkling white, like yeah. brand new shoes, like they hadn't been out in the woods forever. Yeah. His shirt was there, fully intact. His pants were mostly intact. Yeah, they said that was just from mice pulling it apart yeah. to make a nest. Like, how's that possible? Yeah. Very strange. And his body was way up. Way up. It was like 500 feet off the trail and up. Yeah. And how old was that kid? Three. Three when he went missing. And that's the other thing going back to the traveling uphill instead of downhill thing is that it's illogical to think that a kid would take the hardest route if they just wandered away. You know what I mean? right. The the kid would just kind of go to that area and be like, oh. Let me climb this instead of (laughs) taking the easy way downhill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they blame... These on mountain lions and other such things, but there's been a, a very small, limited number of confirmed mountain lion kills. Like in the past hundred years, like yeah, twenty five or yeah, something. Yeah, it's it's real low. Yeah. The mountain lions are looking like, what the fuck did we do? Like, <laughs> right. why are you giving us yeah. a bad name? Yeah. Like the mountain, mountain lions didn't kill business. all these th- two thousand yeah. people. No, and this goes back to what you were saying about that kid from the thirties. If a missing person is found alive, oftentimes they have no memory at all of what happened. Yeah, he had he had no uh, no memory. He also found that uh, missing these missing people sometimes they're at extreme ends of the intellectual scale. So there's an an overwhelming amount of cases where the missing people have high IQs, such as doctors, psychiatrists, and physicists. And then on the other side, there are a lot of missing people that are either autistic or have Down syndrome. So it's just all over the board. Yeah, well, and like we said before, this guy's not coming to any conclusions. He's just laying out statistically what what's going on in a lot of these cases. So I think some of the knock on this guy though is that he's cherry picking, you know, some of these cases to suit his results. But is two thousand that match? I don't know. Like that's that's true. That seems like a big sample. That's a large number. That even if you cherry pick cases, that's still two thousand that fit this. Yeah. That's Isn't that up. a lot of fucking people that disappear from our parks? That's a lot of people. 
That is, yeah. It's very weird. I don't know why people go camping in the first place. Jesus Christ, stay well, in the air condition. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is never going to affect me because I don't do you things like You and I like are this. indoor people. <laughs> well, and Dave, you kind of are too. You, yeah, like you, to go, you go hiking. Yeah. I don't yeah. see you sleeping outside. I camp sometimes. Oh, I can't do Not that. Not that often. This would ne- I will never fall victim to this. <laughs> <laughs> I like to hike in the national parks, though. I would absolutely hike. Like I would do that, and I would. I like going to the national parks. I would hike in the national park. I don't think I would. I would stay very long. I don't know that a lot, all these people were sleeping there either. They just all were even yeah. for a day hike. That's I mean, true. I've hiked in the Smoky Mountains. I've hiked in the Rocky Mountains. I've been in Death Valley. Just hearing you talk about that's making me sweat. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like so humid and hot and gross. I hear you, man. Even if I went to a beach, I'd probably just chill in a hotel room in the air conditioner and just hang out. Have we not talked about beaches either? No. I hate beaches. (laughs) Dave likes beaches. We can go on vacation together. (laughs) I'm going to Mexico next month. I'm... Like I well, I like like places like that, but I'm gonna be at the hotel bar in the hotel pool. I don't want to be on the beach. That sand gets fucking everywhere. I love the beach, and then it's just on you the entire trip. It gets in your bed sheets. It's in your hair and your ass crack. Uh, yes, <laughs> probably first and foremost in between your toes. It's just gross. You're all chafed. Outdoor showers, man. I, I swear it doesn't help. It feels like they're just blowing sand onto you more out of the, the, the shower head. Yeah, I'm all about the pool. Ridiculous. I'm all about the pools. No, if I can, man. I I've been in, to Mexico before too, and we had like an infinity pool that overlooked the beach. That was the greatest thing ever. That's nice. I got a swim up room. Well, that's that's the way to go. Month, yeah, so. you did it right. You did yeah. it right. If you don't want to see the beach, you don't have to see the beach, and you'll have a blast. Correct. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Ian, let's book our own vacation. You right. and I get a nice hotel suite with a pool and a swamp bar. Yep. A high number of these missing cases are people who vanish near boulder fields or near large areas of granite. What's that about? That's it's, weird. It's just part of the the statistic on it. Hmm. got to look more into this. Yeah. Is this like a causation, correlation kind of argument? I don't know. I'm curious about some of these facts. Philip class over here <laughs> poking holes but in Yosemite National Park has the highest amount of unexplained cases and they're also the largest source of granite on the earth it's interesting yeah the missing people are often found near bodies of water and the average distance away from the body of water is about 150 miles away so they're not anywhere close enough to drown but these seem to hmm. cluster around near bodies of water I guess which is different out west. I mean, like we're out here, it's hard to be like 150 miles away from a body of water is not. Well, have you ever looked at his map? Anything, right? Yeah. No, I would say that's crazy, right? Like when aren't you 150 miles away from oh, a, right. a okay. body yeah, of yeah, water? No. That I, is yes, what I mean. I agree. But out west, it's different. I get right. That. Well, have you ever looked at his map? It's kind of like the cluster map where all these happen. Yeah. It's, it's like all... There's nothing in the middle of the country. Right. Yeah. It's like it, there are some, but it's very little. And then it's all just the yeah. coast. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. A reoccurring theme in a large amount of these cases are that people said that they were going to go berry picking when it happens. Well, or are they picking berries because they're hungry because they're lost in the woods? <laughs> Goes back to my original point. <laughs> Search and rescue planes or helicopters crash or have malfunctions during the searches. And that's what that Jared at a right. kid, the helicopter yeah. crashed. And they said where they eventually found that kid at the top of the mountain, 
was it four, four or five years later, they said if that Navy helicopter wouldn't have crashed, they would have definitely gone over that area. So That's, that adds an interesting aspect yeah. to it. Hmm. Was an unnatural force making them crash because they were getting too close? <laughs> it's very weird. And then the most reoccurrent of all these cases are people who are in a group that happened to be the last in line. So others who were there report the person as being there seconds before, and then they suddenly turn around and they're just gone without a trace. And no one ever reports yeah. hearing any sounds, like them scream or an animal or anything like that. Or the first in line too, right? Like they walk ahead of the group. Yeah, and yeah. When the group is up there five, ten seconds later, they're gone. Yeah. And then this goes to what you were saying about the animal attacks that, that kind of turns into like a blanket excuse or reason for this. There's only been 27 documented fatal cases in North America in the past 100 years of cougar attacks. There you go. And that's what it seems like it's always. Well, oh, the mountain lion mountain killed. Lion. Yeah, right. That poor mountain lion, man. Yeah. Such a bad rap. So that's. That's the, the, the summary of the whole issue. Of the phenomenon, like the the links to it you know, or what they have in common mm-hmm. with each other. It's really weird. It's very strange. I think what makes it the strangest is the government's um, reaction to it. How weird, how like secretive and weird they are yeah. about yeah. even talking about it. They're not interested in solving it. They just, just ignore it. And Seven to ten days, search is over. Yeah. Presumed dead. That's, let's wipe our hands of it. And we don't keep any lists. And we don't keep any lists. Right. And it'll cost you a million four to, to, <laughs> to get a list. list. <laughs> and that's that's and the thing with the list is real weird too, because the guy was saying that you could go to any small police station in the country, any even yeah. the smallest ones, and say, "I want a missing persons list of your jurisdiction," and you would get it within an hour. I think that's right. So that's kind of the gist of what David Politis has been doing for for about I don't know. For the long time, yeah. For yeah, he's been doing it twenty for, years. Yeah, but no one else is, seems to care, right? Like no one's really picking up this information or no. taking like, any action. And like I said earlier, it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of discrediting him online as far as like yeah. like claims that he has said that it's Bigfoot is one that mm-hmm. he gets shit on or stuff, but he's never made a claim as to why this is happening. He's just very interested in it and lays out the similarities that he's found in these cases. Like if you look at his yeah. book, if you read through his books and stuff there, you can find them online, like PDF versions. He's just laying out cases. It's not like, here's my results. You know, here's what I found. And when I was listening to an interview with him, he said that he doesn't ever want to say that because then it will discredit him. You know, he doesn't want to come out and, and make like a final say on something and then be wrong. And then this is all for nothing. He's just trying to bring it to light. Right. So the people in charge or, you know, who, who who do have the capability to look into this maybe should be, but don't seem to be. Yeah, it's very weird. We'll get into some notable cases. The first one is a kid that was um, that's never been named publicly. They just, they just call him John Doe. This is one of the weirdest in the national parks. This kid was three years old at the time, and he was last seen near a fly fishing river, and then he vanished for five hours. Do we know where this was? Or is it really just secretive? Yeah, it's really, uh, yeah, there's not, huh. there's not a ton of, okay. like, concrete 
you know, they never really released details on right. the way, like, like this kid's name, all that shit. A search for party found him. He was dazed and unharmed and just in the middle of, uh, of a grove of trees. When investigators asked the boy what happened while he vanished, he said that he followed a woman that looked like his grandmother to a mountain. He then found himself in a room that had a bunch of motionless robots and weapons lying all over a dusty floor. The boy. How, how does a little three-year-old describe motionless robots and weapons? Yeah, dude. When I was Unless reading he's... this, this reminded me of fucking Fire in the Sky. Yeah, <laughs> like when he wakes up and he sees like just like those. Um... Oh yeah, the spacesuits. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's standing there. Yeah, like... it's weird, but for a three-year-old to oh, it's to, crazy. To make that description. Hmm. So the... how does a three-year-old even like verbally express yeah. that that yeah, like that clearly? Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's crazy. So the boy then claimed that he noticed a strange glow coming from this old woman's head. And then she asked him to defecate on a piece of paper. And then the boy claimed that she got angry when he refused to do it. Grandma, make me go poo-poo on the paper. (laughs) I said, no. I think his quote was, Grandma, make me go Cleveland steamer. I said, no. (laughs) She want me to poop on Grandma. (laughs) There is that were, Baby Dave? Is that a new character, <laughs> Baby Dave? I don't know what that is. I like baby, the Cleveland Steamer, though. Baby Dave who refuses to shit on Grandma's chest. <laughs> Come on, Grandma. I'll poop on you. Uh, Does everyone know what a Cleveland Steamer is, though, before we I feel like we, we've discussed we this on, on the show yeah, before. We did. How have we discussed Cleveland Steamer twice in six months? We talked about it because then we talked about the Pittsburgh version. Pittsburgh Platter, that's right. I don't remember what episode it was on. (laughs) We discussed it (laughs) at one point. Okay. (laughs) They're off the fucking rails. So this woman told the the boy that that he was from outer space. And that he was planted in his mother's womb. Then she told him to go out and wait in, t- wait in the trees until he was found. And no one has any idea where this kid was when he disappeared. <laughs> it's very, it's a very strange story. Yeah. And I mean, you would say like it's a kid with an overactive imagination. But what's really weird about it is that... Um, his grandmother that had gone camping with him claimed that she was dragged out of her tent the night before and she woke up with a strange a strange pain in the base of her neck and found two small holes in, near the back of her head. Kind of like Matrix style? Yeah. It's a, just a weird Did, one. Have we not talked about some kind of like holes or marks on the back of someone's head or neck for like an abduction story? Did we not talk about that? Am I, maybe I'm just it's, mixing I up. mean, it's something that happened we might have been talking about it not recording yeah we have and i can't remember the content there was something yes I, I thought. oh um travis walton had it in the back of his elbow and philip clash tried to say he was shooting up acid and what was it acid and it something was? else he had, he had nothing on his head or on his neck no it was on the back of his elbow i remember that. i do remember that yeah. okay maybe that's what i'm mixing it up with and Phil, yeah philip class said he was shooting up drugs back there but it was like a concoction. Your elbow. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> a concoction of drugs that doesn't even make sense. Fucking, I think Nikki Six of Motley Crue would tell you that's not where you shoot up. They'll <laughs> show you multiple other places. So that, that one's really, really out there. We'll get into some that are more along the lines of what 
what the missing 401 books document. Alfred Bailhart's this one happened in 1938. Uh, he was four years old and was vacationing with his family in Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. Thanks for keeping these nice and light and, you know, picking fucking kids that are missing here. That's, the, that's well, one of the things. That's one of the that's largest it's so weird. parts. It's just saying it's a real kick in the dick. <laughs> and what's weird is those, like, kids don't travel that fast. So, and the, the, it, the, It's recognized so... When was the last time you've been around a toddler? <laughs> you see <laughs> one of those kids move? <laughs> But it's recognized so quickly that they're missing, and the search party gets there, and people fan out to look for them so rapidly that the fact that they are gone right. that fast just defies Plus, with the terrain, like they, like they shouldn't be able yes, to climb some of this exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. very That's strange. That's a big part of this. His parents, they were watching over him carefully as they went out for a quick hike near a river, and then without a trace, he just vanished. He was only a few feet away from his family, and then he was just gone. A six-mile search of the area that he disappeared showed nothing. However, the dogs were able to trace his scent 500 feet uphill from where he vanished. But there were no footprints leading there, and Alfred has never been seen again. The dogs that traced the scent seemed to be confused by what they were smelling and then quickly lost the scent. Hmm. Once the dogs traced the scent uphill, they began to cock their heads and look around like they were real nervous. And eventually, both bloodhounds ended up laying down on the ground, unable to go any further up the trail. Some hikers who were walking six miles away from where Alfred Alfred disappeared claimed that they saw a young boy in a particularly dangerous and difficult-to-reach cave area called the Devil's Nest. The two hikers said they had only seen the boy minutes after he allegedly disappeared. And then they claimed that the boy seemed dazed and upset, but appeared to be pulled back by an unknown force. And that was the last that they saw of him. No, six miles away. Right. Only a few minutes. A few minutes later. Right. It's not logical that he would be able to travel six miles uphill within minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And he was never found again. That's bizarre. So what do we think it is at this point? MK Ultra. The government's. This was 1938. Uh, the government's mining people. MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> MK Ultra was not too long after this. Okay. Paperclip started in what forty five. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't. Know. I, well, I mean, what what the fuck is it? I don't know. Well, let's keep going. If the government's this secretive about it, are they doing something? Are they doing tests? Is Mister Muggs involved? No, stop it. I just want to mention God Mr. Muggs because one of our haters said stop mentioning Mr. Muggs. All I right. just want to mention Mr. Muggs I just again. don't want you to imply that Mr. Muggs is behind this just, in any way, shape, or form. I just asked a tough question. Do we know the year Mr. Muggs was born? I wonder how old he was when he was shot unceremoniously in the back of the fucking head. <laughs> I, I think Mr. Muggs was bought in the late 60s. Well, that doesn't answer my questions. I don't know. He's probably like... Uh, how? I think he was 45 when he died. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So he was alive at this time, maybe. <laughs> he was like eight years... He was probably bought in like 1970. I, All right. Eight years old. I don't want to intertwine him with this story because then he'll get associated with it. And that's <laughs> we don't want that. Muggs is snatching we people. We miss you, Mr. Muggs. Think about you. Think about you every day. <laughs> So then the next one is uh, Kenny Miller. He was 12 years old in 1992, but he had the mental capacity of a four-year-old. 
because of this, his parents knew that they had to be careful and watch over him when they went to Yosemite National Park. His parents left him to throw some rocks at a pond while they prepared dinner, and they taken the occasional seconds to make sure he was still there where he was supposed to be. Wait, his parents left him so that they can go throw rocks and he can just stand there? Is that what I said? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> the way it read, I oh, was like, yeah. wait, they left him so they could go throw rocks? <laughs> left him to cook dinner? <laughs> Make up that spam and baked beans or whatever you fucking campers eat. But... But like what happened to Alfred, Kenny Miller just suddenly just vanished without a trace. A month later, a group of hikers found Kenny's body 1,500 feet above the area where he was last seen. And the area he was found was pretty much inaccessible with rock, just really rocky terrain and filled with um, like thorn bushes. Again, no one knows how a boy, a mentally challenged young child would have been able to figure out how to get there to get that far away yeah. do we know what his body what shape his body was in no uh-uh. because what people say is a, you know it's a mountain lion and they they the mountain lion dragged the body up there but the guy that wrote the missing 401 books he doesn't look at it if it has signs of the animal like so if it, it was conclusive uh, yeah we talked about that you're right right they so excluded it from the case study yeah okay so it's it's not explain it's unexplainable yeah it's completely like one or two unexplainable, but there's so many of these. Yeah. At least 2,000. David Gonzalez was nine years old when he went camping with his family in San Bernardino National Forest. At one point, he asked his mother if he could go get some cookies from their uh, from their family car. And 40 minutes had passed, and his mom realized that David had never returned and that the cookies that he wanted were still in the car. A week later, his badly decomposed body was found only a mile away from where he went missing. Mysteriously, this area had already been searched days prior. It's like the boy just was dropped out of the yeah, sky. Right. Where You know what I mean? Just really weird. An autopsy revealed no trauma or any injuries that would have caused his death. And his case just went on with really no explanation as to what happened just to him. Just died with no reason as to why he died. Yeah. Nine-year-old boy. Right. A mile from where he was found, so it was certainly searched. Right. Makes no sense. Again, with the government stuff, it was how they local authorities handled it. The police and investigators acted really strange. Any questions asked were answered with real vague replies. And even when David Plytus asked authorities for records about David, they were real aggressive with him and didn't want to want to give up any of the records regarding this case. The, and this was one that got the blanketed term of, of a, or reasoning of a mountain lion. Yeah. And he had no injuries that would suggest that. No one heard him scream or, or anything. David's parents said that they, they've gone on record to say they don't believe David got dragged off by a cougar. They believe that he was kidnapped and he mm-hmm. still may be alive and the, the body they found wasn't his. So what kind of shape was Damn. the body in if they... Well, it's think... that badly decomposed. Yeah. Did they ever actually conclude that it was him with DNA testing? What year was this? 92. I mean, that's easily testable these days. Or no, this one was not 92. We don't have Sorry. 92 on the notes. Yeah, no, this one was not 92. It reminded me of Stranger Things because remember the kid's body wasn't... It was a fake body. Yeah. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. this reminded me of. But so did they do DNA testing? Then? Oh, I don't know. There wasn't anything that I saw that said that they did I mean, DNA that's testing. That's standard procedure, isn't it? How could or, they not? or did they do testing and just tell the family and and 
or not do it and tell the family, and that's what the family thinks. Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they're... I mean, if I'm the, the family, I'm more likely to believe I'm being lied to by the authorities than to think, you know, all this weird shit happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. on record saying that they think that it was not his body that was found. Hmm. And then we go to Dennis Martin. Uh, he was six years old when he was vacationing with his family in the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains in a popular spot called Spence Field. While his parents were talking to another adult, Dennis, his brother, and some kids decided to play a prank on his family. They all decided to split up and hide and jump out to scare their parents. Three of the boys went one way and Dennis went the other. The other three jumped out and prank, you know, to prank the parents and then Dennis just vanished and no one ever saw him ever again. It's like within minutes. I mean, this was just, yeah. hey, let's go hide over here and jump out. And then the kid's just gone. It's another strange one. Six miles away from Spence Field, a young boy screamed and claimed that he saw what first looked like a bear, but then looked like a large man with something strange slung over his shoulder. Like a Bigfoot? Well, well... Hmm. You mean like a large foot of a person? (laughs) (laughs) The abominable snowman, perhaps? A search party uh, started almost immediately, but no trace of Dennis was found. The search party lasted until night when heavy rain washed away any scent that could potentially be used by by search dogs to find Dennis. Within days, the FBI, the Green Berets, the police, and just about every other form of official aid was dispatched to find Dennis Martin, but no footprints or articles of clothing belonging to him ever showed up. What's odd about this case is that the leader of the FBI group who organized the search committed suicide shortly after... And then another special forces member by the name of Harold Cleveland issued a statement in 2013, or sorry, 2014. Our special forces are never called to assist in civil operations. That falls to the local National Guard and is approved by the state governor. The fact that they were armed as well is another huge no-no. During my command and every other mission I was aware of, we were not allowed by federal protocol to do either. Something is very wrong with this missing kid scenario. I've done some research on this case, both while on active duty and after my retirement. The inside facts of this case depict a frightening investigation. Bottom line is that the searching started within a few minutes of the boy's disappearance and lasted three months with every resource imaginable being deployed. Don't even start with the, the terrain was difficult, holes and caves and cliffs and creeks etc. Our special troops can find almost anything, anytime, and in any terrain. We have the highest technology available worldwide and easily the best training and real-world wartime and mission-specific experience that the normal civilian populace can scarcely imagine. After studying this case, the fact that no trace of the boy was ever found is mind-boggling. The Green Berets that were tasked in this search were there for a specific reason— They were armed for a specific reason. I can't and won't say why because my oath documents won't allow it. But I will remind you of these facts. Nationwide, there have only been four occasions where the special forces were brought in on a civilian missing persons case. Two of these involved a possible armed perpetrator. The other two were this case and another similar to it about three years later and regionally nearby. This is out of thousands of missing cases since the early 60s when our special troops were born. 
So that dude was pretty straightforward about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, generally, the U.S. military does not conduct operations on U.S. soil. It just it doesn't right. do that. So this this part, because we're taught the, the six-year-old kid nearby said that he saw someone mm-hmm. that kind of resembled Bigfoot. This is probably the scariest theory to the, to, in I, my opinion, I one hundred percent agree with you. There are a lot of reports of people living off the grid within these national parks, and in tons of cases of seeing these people, they're described as being feral. And reports say that they're wearing like nothing but animal pelts, and they're commonly <clears throat> mistaken for Bigfoot. That's fucking terrifying. Oh, 100%. This also makes the most sense. Yeah, it really does. Is it possible? I mean, maybe even for hundreds of years. People have been living yeah. Yeah. off the grid like this. Like, in my mind, I think with this case, th- deploying the like the army and stuff to go in there is like to... Acknowledging that. I- I- yeah, or yeah. like being prepared to run into these people, or maybe that's why the government's so hush-hush about yeah. this, is because they don't want people to be scared to go into national parks. This is Hills Have Eyes shit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fucking terrible. Like when I was when I was reading through, because I was looking different theories, and this then when you started rabbit holing, yeah, and then this popped up. I'm like, can you imagine just being like out there hanging out, and there's some fucking feral person out there just watching, waiting to grab a kid? It's the most plausible explanation for all of this. I agree. Yeah. I think it is too. Because what else are you gonna say? In in all yeah. honesty, the my, my kids mind, are the easiest to grab. They're right. the weakest. You know, they're the weakest. So that's why you would do it. The only other thing my mind goes to is like a real out there thing was like if you just slip through a dimension and you're just gone forever and then maybe you slip back through and you just fell out and hundreds of you're hundreds of feet away when I'm not so drunk <laughs> and I can fucking grasp that with my mind cuz you're speaking a different language. But that I mean that's the only two things that I could possibly think of. Nothing like, else explains it. Right. And I don't even know if that's possible to slip through a dimension. I don't even know if that's scientifically if there's any basis to something like that at all, I highly doubt I think that there is. In 1974, Philip Class disproved that. <laughs> but feral people living out in the woods and eating kids is. Fair. I don't know about yeah. eating necessarily. What do you think they're doing to <laughs> them? But aren't they finding some of these bodies? <laughs> yeah, but like, like the one kid, they found a tooth. Like they found the crown of his skull and a tooth. But like, yeah. I, I well, so maybe they're eating some. But I just I don't know if that. Yeah. Would, you know, who knows yeah. what the fuck they're doing? Maybe they're wearing their skin if they're wearing animal fur. Yeah. Maybe they're making their tents out of it, like using the skin as the the outer covering of their mm. housing. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I fully believe that, that UFOs are, like, interdimensional things, but I don't think that the universe can just swallow a person right. whole like that. This but is a the feral only th- person can swallow a person whole. Hell yeah! That's so that's really the only thing that I could, and it's I'm that is terrifying. It really is. It makes me think of the whispers from The Walking Dead, the ones that wear the they skin the zombies and yeah. and wear the zombies skin over them to blend in. That's yeah. what the, that's what it makes me think yeah. of. And who knows no. what else they do out there? Yeah. In Fairway, why you don't go camping, folks. Stay in your air conditioned homes, drink your cold beer, come on, watch your fucking Netflix, and come on vacation with Ian and I. We're not going to leave the fucking pool in our direct TV. Maybe we'll go down to the lobby bar, possibly, yeah, for a couple cocktails. 
No backwoods yeah. camping up in uh, Wyoming for you? No. <laughs> I would almost rather go to Florida. <laughs> almost. I'd go to Florida before I went to camp in a park. 100%. I would. Well, am I glyphsing in a hotel in Florida? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, absolutely. <laughs> Guys. Mike has no business being out in the wilderness. <laughs> but, you know, and the other thing, too, that creeps me out is, like, when I think of, like, that, that quote, feral people, I think of someone that, like, can't even, like, like talk. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen those cases where... Like, wrong turn. Like, those kind yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, have you ever That's seen? That's what I was thinking of when you said the hills have eyes. I'm thinking wrong term. Yeah. Yeah. Have you oh. never seen Wrong Term? That's a great fucking movie. movie. That's an underrated movie. Oh my god, it's so great. Have you ever seen like real cases where people like abandoned kids or like dogs will find an abandoned kid and then like really young and then is the kid there's that one famous one I think that girl was like ten when they found her. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And she didn't know anything she acted like a dog like yeah. she was barking and growling and yeah. stuff that's what that makes me think of just yeah. some wild yeah. ass fucking people out there that can't talk and they're just Eating living like kids? living like animals imagine if that's possible it is possible though it's 100 possible yeah yeah I, I mean they're so big the national parks they're you know enormous. i mean you could, yeah that's kind of a rundown of some really strange cases that that david has detailed but if anybody's seen the documentary, they really focus on on a case of a two-year-old child named Dior Kuntz, which I feel is a hurts the credibility of the documentary to focus so heavily on this case. Doesn't seem to fit the same mold here. Right. What kind of name is Dior? Ever heard that name before? Is it no. family name? Well, it's the dad's middle name. Is what it is. He was like Vernal. Yeah, Vernal's the dad's first name. Yeah, he goes by Dior too. But for this, we'll just call him. What is it, Vernal? Vernal. For the sake of this conversation, Dior's. Dior's is what you use to row your boat to shore. Oh, I thought that's what you get like (laughs) fancy before a dinner. Like the waiters come around and serve you the the Dior's. Dior's. (laughs) Yeah, like I like the lamb chops and some. Like scallops, scallops wrapped in <laughs> yeah. bacon. Like we both go to scallops. Yeah, <laughs> I love me some Dior's. <laughs> Sorry, Dior. Sorry, Vernal. <laughs> On July tenth, two thousand fifteen, Dior's father, Vernal, his mother Jessica Mitchell, were camping in Salmon Chalice National Forest. With their little boy, Jessica's grandfather, Robert Walton, and Walton's friend, Isaac Reinwand, were also at this, and this place was really remote. They were at this campsite. And it's worth noting that this Isaac guy was like the age of Vernal and Jessica. Like he was probably late 20s, early 30s. He's a very interesting looking person. Yes, he's, that's That's, an understatement for that guy. (laughs) But it's so he was real. He's not seen a dentist in quite some time. No, and he was real buddy buddy with the the grandfather. The grandfather is in his eighties, mm-hmm. so it's kind of an odd friendship. Yes. So that morning, Vernal and Jessica say that they took Dior to a general store for supplies and snacks after cooking up a full breakfast. Following their return to camp, they say they went looking for a place to fish. Vernal said they made it 50 yards from the site before discovering some minnows that he thought Dior would love to see. Said, quote, I walked up to the embankment and when I looked over, he wasn't in his chair and he wasn't with Walton, which would be the grandfather. 
Jessica panicked, screaming and scouring for her toddler, who she said loved his cowboy boots and Hot Wheels toys, which he wouldn't have left behind. There's also a bear and a blanket that they said that he wouldn't leave behind. So just after an hour after Dior vanished, the two-mile radius around the area was quickly swarmed by police officers from the Lamai County Sheriff's Office. Search and rescue crews used all-terrain vehicles to comb the landscape while drivers scoured the nearby reservoir. Even with 200 volunteers searching over the next two days, there were no signs of Dior. So this place was pretty remote. Right. It didn't sound like anyone else was there. I mean, it was way off the path. Right. And if you... So you guys have both seen the Missing 411 documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you go by their story, it is like the kid just vanished into thin air. The parents' story. Like, grandpa and the other friend was here. Parents were here. I mean, it was, what, maybe 100 100 yards between them? Like, not that much. Then all of a sudden, he was gone. Right. And this is where I think that the documentary, at least they jumped the gun on this and put this film footage out too early. Because they just happened to be there filming this documentary when this happened. Right. And so I think they easily fell into... Like, oh, this must be one of our kind of cases. Because the investigators interviewed everyone at the site, and they said, quote, multiple times. And the Lamai County Chief Deputy Steve Penner said, quote, there were four people there, and they have been less than truthful. No one has been cleared. So Dior's parents maintain they have nothing to hide and insist that they've cooperated fully with the police up until the point that they were named suspects. Police said that there were inconsistency in Dior's parents' statements and timelines, but they've yet to find any physical evidence for proof. They think that the um, that Dior was either killed, either intentionally or by accident, and the parents actually know where he is. Did they state that? They stated that. Mm-hmm. Okay. They also because they say that they went to they went to go get these supplies that day. The weird thing they talk about how they had breakfast, whatever. Neither parent can say who cooked breakfast or what they had for breakfast that morning. The dad says that they went to get gas. The mom says that they went to get um, tampons. And then they say, like, oh, we talked to this person at the store, and this person can say that we saw And anybody at these stores are like, no, we never saw this kid. Really? Yeah. So no one can corroborate mm. that they were there. Right. That's what they said. There's no, no credible witnesses can mm. put that kid with them or in that right. that town area on that day. And then they had a family friend that was a private investigator. And they had, what was it? Because that's the one from the documentary. He he wanted to put up 10000 of his own money. 20 20 yeah. And then they turned it down, which is very, that doesn't even make any sense. And then they- Did they turn it down or they not want to publicize it at all? Well, that- they, they turned him down and then they didn't want to do the pub, like the TV show thing right. or be on the news. To get and, the word out about it. Right. And he felt that that was really- Yeah. So okay. he, he pulled, he- backed out and he publicly said that he thinks that they gave him up for an illegal adoption is what his theory is Mm, that's different yeah so and he backed out pretty quick then shortly after they got another private investigator it was the Klein investigations and consult and consulting and this was only after seven days of them being on this investigation they pulled out after seven days 
the firm said that that they investigated leftover furniture and clothing at an apartment complex that the couple was evicted for for not paying rent. The landlord gave them the go-ahead to go ahead and search the abandoned apartment. The search, what they found in the search included four mats, matchbox cars that were pre- previously described by the parents as missing and they didn't know where they were, which would be the ones from the campsite that he right. supposedly yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't leave without. Right. And as well as a camo jacket that they say that he was wearing on the day that he went missing. So it's a little suspicious. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear the nine one one call when she calls in. They ask him what she's what he's wearing. They said camo jacket mm-hmm. and stuff. She's not real upset on a nine one one call either. Yeah, and I don't know how to judge. I never because you don't ever know how you're going to react. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's just nine one one calls are kind of tricky sometimes. Yeah. Well, didn't we talk about that in the last step? I'm sorry. Didn't we talk about that in the last episode with uh, OJ when they told him Nicole Brown was dead? And that was part of their def- their. Well, he didn't even ask how. He, he didn't, didn't even ask how. But like again, you don't know how you'll respond in that situation. That's, that's <laughs> different, though. I don't know if it is. I mean, I, I don't know how you would respond if you yeah. go to immediate like shock. Are you really going to ask how, or just know? Oh, she's dead, and start thinking about that. Like I could see myself, but I mean, I don't know how I would react. But when I how I react with everything else is just calm. I think if I saw something, I'd be like, "All right, you need to just keep it." And some calm. people are like that, so you're you're right, you're right. So I don't know. I yeah, I really don't think I would freak out. I think I would just be really calm about some it. Some people are more calm, right? I mean, it just leads you to conclusions that maybe aren't accurate. Yeah, and some of it's not. Some of the heat that these parents get online isn't isn't fair. There's, I mean, with the true crime. Uh, podcast culture now everybody thinks that they're a mm-hmm. investigator on facebook and the facebook groups and shit and they start right. doxing people that have nothing to do with stuff and this one's a little weird in addition to the toys and the jacket klein says that they found a credit card that was used by a family friend with quote seemingly purchases of items unknown to investigators and testimony what the fuck does that mean yeah that one's vague and uh Purchases of unknown items. Yeah, I don't know if they're like vague about that because the police that like gets an ongoing investigation, or like things like shovels <laughs> right. and tarps and unknown uh, and purchases of items bodies. Or, That's what I was gonna say. Lies. Yeah, yeah. I I don't they're know. Just, they're reserving that for future grand jury testimony. I'm sure. Right. Um, yeah, and the firm said all evidence was turned over to the Lamai County Sheriff's Office. And around this time, during a five-day search of the area, a trained cadaver dog hit on five targets, including a site about three-fourths of a mile away from the Lador campground. And then the invest- it, this is another quote. Investigators believe that this site may have been a holding site for some type of human body. Mm. But no other evidence was found at the site. And interesting too, around this time, I found that someone didn't know about this somehow because this was a huge thing when this yeah, when this happened. Sure. Someone took the ashes of someone that was re- that recently died, and they were cremated, and that's where they wanted to be thrown. So they went out there and threw the ashes, and they the police saw them as they were coming back, and they told them what they did, and they're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, wow. this is a crime scene. Like, why, why the fuck would you go down there and throw ashes? Well, I, I guess if they never... They if they didn't know... familiar like, with it. Yeah. I feel bad for those people, I guess. If they yeah. didn't know. 
it's still, I mean, it sucks for the police. Right. But, huh. Yeah. But so this all happened really quick. All this, this stuff with finding the, the apartment and, or searching the abandoned apartment and stuff. So just after seven days of, uh, of being on this case, this private investigator quit too. And they released the following statement on Monday, November 13th, 2017, KIC Texas provided formal notice to Steve Penner, Lemmy County Sheriff, that we would be withdrawing from the Dior Coons case effective immediately. I would like to make the reasons for withdrawal very clear for the media and the general public. We believe KIC Texas can no longer move this case forward. It is our firm belief that until truthfulness comes from the persons that we, as well as law enforcement, have named as suspects, there is nothing further to investigate. All evidence leads to the death of Dior Kuntz Jr. We do not believe a kidnapping or animal attack occurred, and all evidence supports this finding. We believe charges should be filed on the parents for child endangerment at a minimum. We pub- publicly ask the district attorney of Lemmy County to strongly consider this charge. We have recently become aware that Vernal Dior Kuntz and his father, Dennis Coons, have filed another lawsuit against our firm. This suit, as well as the misinformation campaign by certain social media trolls, appears to be a coordinated effort to impede the investigation. We are unable to continue our efforts in this case while simultaneously defending against a suit of this nature. As we have said, the truth is the ultimate defense. We would like to publicly thank the citizens of Idaho for their open hearts and minds. We thank the businesses that offered us food, shelter, and warm wishes. We thank the family members of Baby Dior who have pure and clean hearts and have helped us understand the parents' dysfunctional family dynamic. We would also like to thank the many who we have interviewed. You are in great hands with Lemmy County Sheriff Penner, Bonneville County Sheriff, and the FBI. We believe Dior Coons Jr. will be found one day. If only the men in black had this kind of like cordial professionalism, maybe they'd fucking get more done when they did their investigations and met with people and fucking bullied and intimidated people. Well, what's interesting about the one thing that they say about certain social media trolls, not that long ago, the the Lamai Police Department came out and said that they believe that some family members related to these two and friends of theirs it's like a, a joint effort to spread misinformation mm. and and like derail things that have to do with this case were you one of those social media trolls i Ian? was i was out there trolling <laughs> that at ian namapod on, <laughs> on instagram spreading disinformation ian out there. underscore namapod hit him up give him a follow yeah, and th- I mean this is, in this case is not something that we would even normally talk about really. It's just the documentary focused real heavy on this and there's a lot of other podcasts out there that have like thoroughly thoroughly gone into this. Yeah, and I, I it this case seems out of place for this subject we're talking about tonight. I don't think it's related. Yeah. I think it's what you said that they happened to be there as it was kind of unfolding at first and they're like, "Oh, this yeah. fits what we're talking about." And it just there seems to be some foul play involved here. But Politis yeah. allegedly, had, but Politis was a part of this, right? So because it was his documentary, right? According to him, but how they how he says it is that they were there filming for in that area, filming for the documentary, and then this happened, 
And so there were some family members or friend, it was a friend that was willing to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then the private invest, the first private investigator that quit talked to him. And then there was this whole incident where the mom got pissed off that her friend was talking to him on the thing. It was on camera. Too. Yeah, it was on camera. Yeah. And the dad didn't realize he was mic'd up and yeah. or that the mic was catching him talking. It was really, but it's, it's really bizarre. It's weird to me that Politis, though, would do all those hours of research to find those 2000 cases. And then he's going to like kind of blow his load on this for the documentary. Yeah. Where he didn't necessarily do the research or maybe the facts started coming out, you know, and, and didn't necessarily uh, correlate with all the other cases. Yet he's making this a big part of his documentary. I th- I almost feel like the one that just came out or the one that is coming out is almost like a possible like do over. Mm-hmm. Because from what I've seen about it, it's, it focuses on like the ones that are. That would fit this more. He's going to try again. Right, yeah. That Because debunkers of him could use this very easily to be like, all right, you did all that work, but then you're going to throw in this this hit job of a story that's going to, you're going to grab headlines. Right. And then when you look at the facts. But maybe grabbing headlines was the point to try to get the word on this movie out. Yeah, it could be. Could but then by putting in a story where it's very clear, Clearly different. I don't know if it's clearly. I, it's clearly back different. Then, back then, I don't know that it was clearly different. Before but, all think, this, like three years ago. But when it first happened, when they were recording the documentaries. Oh well, older. no, I understand you know that. What I mean? But then when they follow through, like, why would you keep that in the movie? If if you spent all that time, well, like, I think the movie was released shortly after this happened right. while they were filming. So I think you know, as the years go by, it come becomes apparent that maybe it's not. The same sort of case. Okay, maybe I'm just, I'm just getting my timeline then, mixed up. When the movie, right. maybe it's when the documentary like came out to think, when the facts came out. I think that's out. what's going on. Because okay. the first private that makes more sense. Yeah, you know, the first private investigator that talked on the documentary, he quit real fast. He didn't stay on very long, and in the documentary, he says why he hmm. why he quit and stuff. But all this stuff about their abandoned or the apartment that they got evicted out of and stuff like that was after the documentary. And that, and with the police basically so saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and like I said, this isn't something that we wouldn't generally talk about on this podcast. But, but, but an update uh, just last weekend: this this campground where all this happened was closed because cadaver dogs hit on a possible, uh, you know, body scent or whatever again. So yeah. they were up there searching again last weekend. So this is very much an open case, and we don't know who they're looking for because there's no fucking lists kept. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, they're looking for Dior. This was specific to that <laughs> oh, case. Oh, specifically to Dior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's when they found a body. Oh, no. Specific to that campground. <laughs> I thought you meant they they closed the campground because they found another body. No, but they're still up there searching. They found. They hit on a, a, a cadaver possibly dog. Hit on a scent. Gotcha. But it might have been the ashes that that jackass spread. What a stupid fucking thing to do. <laughs> but if you didn't know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you didn't know. Sure. Yeah, that was the, if that, that was, was their grandpa's fa- favorite place. That was their favorite right. place to camp yeah. out. Like, sure, who wouldn't do that? Come on, I want to be buried up here. <laughs> Baby Dave is back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know if you if you don't know about it, yeah. maybe they should have had it more protected. If they're fucking running an investigation, but I think it's a private campground, though, right? I don't know. I don't know exactly. Well, if it's private, can you not then tell everyone who's suppo- allegedly yeah, allowed to be there? Like, hey, we're fucking looking for a dead body. Yeah. Don't come up here or be careful. 
and then you're not going to throw a dead body all around the campsite. <laughs> all right, you can camp, but don't throw ashes around. Open <laughs> all right, we'll let you camp, but don't throw any fucking dead bodies that have been burnt to ashes and spread them around. Yeah, and it's, but the theory or the general theory that's become accepted in this is that they brought the kid there that night, the first night, something happened, whether foul play or they gave him away, whatever, mm. that they went into town and the kid was not there because no one can corroborate that they were right. there with the kid. And when they came back, they pulled this whole call the police right like trick like said oh take me down to the water hole like where'd you catch that fish i think was was what the that isaac guy said i think they pulled one over on a old man that had to carry around an oxygen tank and a guy that wasn't very bright to begin with so that's the who's working theory is that that's just a general one from listening to different podcasts and just different theories out there that seems to be the most is that the kid was not was there the first night mm-hmm. but the, you know the but the police actually recently too I saw they backed up their timeline to 5 p.m. the day before they even went there so they're running on the theory publicly they're running on the theory that the kid was never even at the camp which is strange because which is, which is why that that but, camo jacket would be at home and his favorite matchbox toys well, look, does so it that's make sense, what, though, to throw off the investigators? But it's weird because then if that's the case, if the kid was never even there at all, that means the grandfather's lying, and then that Isaac guy's lying, too, which is weird. That'd be four people in it's on true. it. Makes it tougher. Yeah. But that's what they've publicly said, that they're back, they've backed their timeline to the day before the trip even happened. Hmm. So it's, it's a, a weird one. It's very strange. I don't know that it fits in, in this discussion. No. But- there's too many. There's too many questions in this one. Too much questionability for people. I think yeah. that's right. that I don't think it fits necessarily. And and like we said, maybe they, they didn't know that at the time the documentary was released. Right. More <clears throat> facts have come out since. And it's not a straight case where you can easily say that they didn't do it, like right. in the Casey Anthony case, <laughs> where she was clearly innocent and was easily acquitted. I will not comment <laughs> on that. I will not agree with you on that. No. No, there's, yeah. Casey Anthony, call us. Get you on the show. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have her on the show, but ha- I will not. Hashtags. I will not go on on the record and state that she was not guilty. Hashtag still smoking hot. <laughs> I will go on the record for that. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, other than this, this is and this is even a bummer for me to even have to talk about something like this. You know. It just I feel like it takes away from the whole phenomena of the missing parks thing. But you have to talk about it. Because right. Because it was a running theme of the documentary. Right. Yeah, I agree. You have to talk about it. But uh But the other ones are truly bizarre. It's very strange. So there's clearly something going on out there with people being just, just taken, murdered, whatever the case may be. Something's happening to people and it's it's not explainable. Yeah. And the government doesn't want to address it, you know. And are very uh, act very strange Clearly. when they asked about it. So, what do you guys what What do you guys think is going on with with the unexplained ones? I think that feral people one it makes the most sense. It really does, and it's crazy to say that, but and 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 realistically, I'm gonna say half of these cases that we're talking about here today, you can probably throw out because maybe there's just unexplained circumstances but at maybe half of them 
the other half, those other thousand might be the feral people or, or something like that. I don't think the feral people are getting that many individuals without well, getting seen. I think, well, there's reports of people seeing them out there. But that's mm. the, also the reports of like seeing Bigfoot, right? People are mistaking them for Bigfoot. Well, right. People are mistaking them for right. thinking it's Bigfoot. And there's not a ton of those. But you think 2,000 people out of how many people visit a national park a year, some of these cases are going all the way back to the 30s. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's not that many. It's not really that many. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying maybe his system might have been a little bit flawed because he was doing this without government help, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of doing this on his own. And I think saying feral people being mistaken for Bigfoot, feral people probably are Bigfoot. (laughs) That's probably what Bigfoot is. Well... Now we don't have to do a Bigfoot episode. <laughs> Jeez. Blue I mean, right? I, 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 I'd like to statistically look at some of this information that he has. Right. Because I think a lot of, there's a lot of, maybe not, not a lot, but I think there's the possibility of, you know, the like I said before, the correlation versus causation. It's not necessarily the same thing. Right. Like, I think as far as what the ones that we've talked about tonight, I think you could throw out the John Doe one from the beginning. I just put that one in there because it's really strange talking about yeah, a woman with weird. a glowing head and shit. You yeah. know, whatever. That one's strange. And the Dior Coons one obviously is not part of this. Um, but I am, the feral people makes the most sense, too, to me. And there's there's tons more that we didn't talk about oh, yeah. that are the similar circumstance yeah i mean the ones i threw in there just kind of hit a few of the points like yeah. the dogs just stopping yeah, exactly. and is there a lot of information out there about feral people i mean probably not but i don't know i didn't is there really, enough for like an episode on them i don't know i didn't dig super deep into that whole thing but maybe wrong turn is a fantastic movie to watch to just get an idea of what fucking backwoods people might be like and eliza dushku smoking hot it's terrifying May to think about. Goose on that one. You can't argue that. <laughs> it's terrifying though to think about it. The feral people out there to It snakes. is like you go you just go for a yeah. hike on Sunday morning in the in the park and yeah. the feral family eats you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or just takes your body and moves you 5 miles and then you're disoriented and don't know how the hell you got there. That's another thing though. Like how, what's the point of that? Yeah. And that would be my question with like whether or not feral people is legit. Like, how are they making you disoriented and forgetting about whatever happened? Meanwhile, there's, like, no marks that, like, they clubbed you over the head. So I. you're also talking about pretty young kids in a lot of these cases. Well, like, that one kid who was following his grandma. Well, that's why I said just a little bit ago, that one, I mean, that's probably, you could probably write that whole thing off. I just threw it in here because it's super weird. Yeah. It's just all around weird, man. I don't know. Something's going Something's on. Something's going on. Yeah. 100%. It's a lot of people missing from the parks. Everyone just stay home. Don't go camping. Stay in your air condition. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing fucking that grand about the outdoors. You can see it in a fucking picture or out your window. I and can. Then, I can look out there and see some trees right now if yeah, I wanted to. Right. <laughs> and guess what? I, I don't no, think that's great advice. <laughs> no one's going to steal you away and fucking leave your rotting corpse five miles away. You know, for you know, I think of the guy from Game of Thrones with the what the hell's his name with the big red beard and like the way he's always wearing like the the like the the fur pelts and shit. Yeah, the that's wildling. What, yeah, that's why I think of the wildlings with the he feral just jumps people. out of the woods and yeah. eats you, just snags you and runs up a fucking mountainside with you. Just wouldn't be an episode without a Game of Thrones reference, <laughs> would it? 
Look, watch the show, asshole. I mean, you're way overdue. We've, we've lost half our viewers now with that reference, so I'm glad they made it this far in at least. <laughs> oh, I was going to miss the fucking plugs at the end. <sighs> yeah. Well, they're so. filming, the, filming the prequel shows right now, so maybe you'll get in on it. Oh, I can't wait to cover those. <laughs> All right, Ian, you got anything else about the national parks, the missing people? Nope. Dave, you got anything else on uh, missing 411? No, I, I I find this really fascinating, though. This is one it of is. the more interesting shows we've done. I think I'm going to do a little more research on this. It's kind of like the outlaw. It just leaves you kind of like wondering. like. Yeah, there's nothing to explain it. Yeah. You're right. The outlaw was another fucking weird one. Yeah. yeah the outlaw was just the one incident, though. Like, it's it's one major massacre. Yeah. But th- this incident. is very similar. I mean, it's and just people just multiple up people at different times. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's similar. I guess so. Yeah. All right. What shout outs we got this week? For iTunes, we have uh, reviews from Firestar231 and H. Halves. Thank you guys for the reviews. And the last of the OJ episode has quickly become our most uh, downloaded one as of today. It's amazing. Yeah. So not most downloaded, but quickest quickest, to get to a thousand downloads. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking awesome yeah so thank you everyone for listening yeah dave what shout out you got uh, on twitter ale jandra just kidding alejandra <laughs> i've been practicing <laughs> all week and I, alejandra <laughs> we're gonna contest that one uh as an official shout out because uh the official rule book states that you must retweet and plug us to uh, other listeners or other people. And she just simply said she liked you. What? Well, yeah, that, that's my criteria. So I'm giving her a shout out. She's so the best. the record to show that's been contested. Uh, no, thank you for listening. She's we our best Twitter it. fan. Alejandra. She's our best. No, I, I don't. Okay. She does. She does very well. So we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Necronomapod. If you can, if you're on uh, Apple or iTunes, please subscribe. Even if you download us every week, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. That goes a long way to help us. Uh, We're trying to get back on the charts, and we just found out that it's the subscribe button that helps us get there. Ratings and reviews help us very much, but the subscribers is what, uh, is, uh, what we need. Hit us up. Let us know if you have any special requests or any thoughts or comments in general. And uh, tune in every Sunday. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>